Hello, and welcome to episode 284 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Wendy Pinu, creator of This Carrion Tales, now on Kickstarter. This is Matt, and I'm joined by my Constructing Comics co-host, Noah. Hey there. Wendy, um, let's uh, start off as we normally do when we do a uh, interview. We, we ask for two things. We ask for a, a quick bio and an elevator pitch for the book. Okay, you know, bio is in like where my writing, my yeah, creating came from. That would be that. Um, that would be what we're looking for. Okay, uh, yeah, I started uh, creative writing when I was actually in my early thirties, um, so I got a little bit of a late start. But I started on um, doing online role playing games where you're uh, you wrote your character, uh, their actions and whatnot, and then moderators came in and you played out stories of the book and. Um, as I got with Chuck, um, he got me interested in comics, and I found that to be a very interesting uh, medium for storytelling, and uh, so that piqued my interest there, um, and it took a while, but finally, about three or so years ago, I decided I was going to jump in and, and see if I could do it, so now I have a comic. I have a novel. They're both available on my Kickstarter, and... Um, the uh, story is about a young woman who uh, is kind of obsessed with the idea of being able to perform the skills that thieves and assassins do. Um, and so she's uh, joined a group of thieves to teach her those skills so that one day she can um, hopefully learn with the uh, king's assassin, who is someone that she's uh, um, utterly fascinated and obsessed with. Very cool. And I buried it on the lead, but also joining us is somebody that I've had the, the pleasure of working on with on a number of books. We also we also have Chuck here. So Chuck, um, you want to talk a little bit about the, the things that you've done in comics and, and the like? Yeah, I, I could do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's up? I'm Chuck Pino. I'm a writer and editor. I've um, <clears throat> I've worked on at least 100 different books somewhere in there, like as far as comics and stuff. I have a novel that I help create with Eric Cockrell, Essence House. I have my main series right now with Sean Barbour, which is Belial. Mm -hmm. uh, issue three is gonna be getting Kickstarter in August, it looks like. And then I have Welcome to the Void and I've worked on a bunch of other things. Yeah. Short stories and such. Very cool. So um, I'm going to turn uh, turn it over to Noah for, for the first uh, interview question here. Yeah, I'm taking a look at the Kickstarter. It looks amazing. Um, so, Wendy, you're naturally a prose writer. So how did you make a how did you make your way into comics? Was it all Chuck's influence or were you corrupted <laughs> before that? Um, no, no, he was the original one to corrupt me for sure uh, when it came to comics. Um, but uh, I did find that my interest was a little different than his as I got more into finding um, other comics than the ones that he was reading. Um, and so I got into the, my own series or series that, that he wasn't interested in that, that piqued my interest. Um, whereas he stuck mostly with Marvel and stuff, I found myself uh, um, gravitating towards Top Cow and Image. Um, I really loved the stories that they were telling. So. I really got into those um, and then just kind of skipped around here and there. And uh, I, if I saw a story that I thought was sounded really interesting, I would just read it. It didn't matter where it came from. Um, I, that's how I ended up reading the Silver Surfer story, which to this day is my 
um, I think one of my favorite little uh, story arcs that I've read. Actually, I guess it was a little short story. Uh, yeah, short mm-hmm. series, a mini series. There you go. Couldn't think of the name. Hmm. Um, it's called uh, Silver Circle Requiem. Uh, one of the best things I've ever read. Um, but uh, then from then it became kind of organic, I guess, my interest. Um, and I kind of just kept to it and, and uh, you know, read more and more and more. And uh, I tried writing some novels many years ago and I just found that I couldn't just sit down and, and get it done. So I thought, you know what, because I'm having a hard time getting all these words down because um, there's so many of them when you're doing a novel, um, let me try something that's a little bit shorter. I can condense and, and still tell a story. And so that's what caused me to try to the comics. Yeah. That's so cool. So um, I'm sure Chuck can speak to this as well, but you know, it, it is sort of a nice thing to be able to give a brief description to an artist and have them sort of fill out the thousand words that their pictures, you know, you know, yeah. that, that their pictures can convey. Right. So um, how is it finding an artist and working with them to sort of convey the ideas that you had in your head with the story? Um, well, I mean, it wasn't hard to find an artist. I, um, I don't remember exactly how it came up, but I saw an artist. I, I, I love art. I just, I love it. I'm drawn to it. I appreciate it in pretty much every form that there is. And especially fantasy art is, um, I just, I love that. I used to just peruse artists uh works and whatnot just for hours and um so becoming part of the indie comic scene and just kind of seeing what people were posting and whatnot I was able to very quickly find a couple of artists that I thought would work with the style that I was looking for and um because they were very detail oriented that's I like a more realistic approach to to art um I was lucky that the first one that I actually uh, approached about the project, um, we talked about it and stuff, and he was on board immediately. So that wasn't difficult. And then we ran into some some issues where he um, was having a difficult time finding enough time for the project. Um, and so unfortunately, I had to, to go on to a different artist. Um, but again, same thing. We, you know, we chatted about it, what the story was about, and you know, the feel I wanted and stuff, and and it just clicked, and he was he was perfect. So, I got, I, got, I think I got lucky. <laughs> so, so who was the artist that uh, I that that ended up uh, filling in and finishing up the book for you? As Dino Agor, he's the one that did the, the art for the book. Did he go back and, and redraw any of the, the previous pages or did you just sort of make like a, like a clean transition? Maybe you found like a, like a story break or, or something where you could be like, all right, this is where the art style is going to shift. How did you handle like having to change artists in the book? Well, well luckily we weren't that far in with the first artist. Um, he had only actually turned in, I think, three pages. So Dino just started from the beginning and, and we did them. Yeah, so that wasn't really an issue. Well, right, and actually, cool. he didn't even, all we got from him was pencils. Remember, you didn't even have fully inked pages the first three. I had two inked pages uh, from the original artist and one pencil page. And um, so at that point, it wasn't difficult for Dino just to, just to start from the beginning. And that way, the, the entire book could be in his style. We didn't have to worry about any kind of transitioning or anything like that. Very cool. And Dino's art's amazing from what yeah. I'm seeing on the Kickstarter. Yeah, you look... Not to say like you're really lucky, but when you find someone like that, you really got to snatch them up. 
you know, yeah. that, that looks, it's really stellar. What I'm impressed with when you're starting to, to interrupt and, and hijack it is the <laughs> panel count that you have on those pages on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. I, I really like how you, you, you seem at least from these four pages to have a really innate sense of pacing and things like that. Is that, does that come from working with Chuck on things and, and trying to learn like rhythm and uh, what, what, how many things you can fit on a page? Um, I think I did pretty well as far as the, the way the script was originally written. Um, now, of course, when, when Chuck went through it, we made some decisions to add or subtract a panel or whatever here and there to help with the pacing and stuff. So um, I don't have a firm grasp on it, but I think I have a fairly good understanding of it. And then with his assistance, it, it made it just that much easier to, to get it to get it right, basically. It's yes. very impressive. Very, very impressive. So well, Thank so- you. I appreciate that. So Chuck has a background in, in editing comics professionally. Like, how does that work for, um, for a married couple um, talking through, like, how you're going to edit the book? Is it, is, it, is it very casual or do you, do you guys maintain sort of a uh, casual slash professional uh, relationship there um, when, when, with, with Chuck's experience in editing books? Um, I would say it's fairly casual. Um, the thing about us working together, because I, I do, I edit his stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Not everything, but I, I have um, edited all the Belial books. Um, but um, we have a, we, we see different things um, mm-hmm. as we're reading through. Um, so some things that he may miss, um, I may pick up on and vice versa. So, um, and he has his, his strengths are my weaknesses and vice versa. So we actually mesh together really well as a team, as editors and writers, and, and it just works out really, really well. Do you ever have a moment where it's not, where you guys aren't sitting down to basically like, you know, break a story or, or edit a story? Maybe you guys are just doing something else. You know, you're at the grocery store, you're doing something and you're like, oh, I got it. Like, this is the thing that we need to do. And you just like, you know, pull out a book or a notebook and be like, all right, don't forget this thing. Because like a lot of times when you're not like actively like thinking about a story and you're doing something else, that's the moment where sort of the back of your brain like breaks it for you. So have you ever had a moment like that where you guys are not actively trying to to break or, or, or edit a story and like the, you know, a spark of inspiration hits you? Yeah, all the time. Okay. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've been trying to go to sleep. And she'd be like, ooh, ooh. I got this idea and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like right now? And she's like, please, can I, can I, can I go on to? Okay. I love you very much. Yeah, when I get an idea or something, I have to voice it right then and there. Because if I don't, I, it, I'm afraid I'm going to forget it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, somebody else has to hear it. So if I bring it up later, maybe I don't remember exactly how I first imagined it. And hopefully they have those details. Awesome. So Noah, um, do, do you have a question for, for the group here? Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was just then wondering about, you know, um, why uh, the, the choice to have a prose and a comic option on the Kickstarter. I just wanted to talk more about that. Um, was it something where you had a lot written for this story and you just were ready to, you know, also put it out as a prose novel too? Um, it didn't originally start off that way. Um, I wrote the script and um, so it, it took two and a half years for me to get the art done for my book. Um, there's just, you know, life happens. Uh, that really just kind of comes down to that. Um, and, you know, everything's been really messed up the last couple of years for everybody. So it really did affect things. Um, so in that time, 
I was, I guess I was just kind of getting um, a little anxious to be able to be, I, I wanted to have something to do with the book, but at the same time, I'll, I'm sitting here waiting for art, you know, but I want, I wanted to have something to do with the story. So I just started writing it basically in prose form for myself, just to give myself a writing exercise, to keep in practice and, you know, that kind of thing. And before I knew it, I was writing the story in prose. So I was like, I'm not going to write it for no reason. So why not put it out there and, and offer it to as part of the Kickstarter? So, and, and I'm a prose writer at heart, as I mean, it's been said before. Um, so I really wanted to get that story written in that medium. And uh, I wasn't going to do it and not offer it. <laughs> well, and I think part of it also came from a conversation we had where she was really agonizing over the fact that she's much more comfortable as a prose writer than a comic writer. And I was like, it doesn't matter. Like a writer is a writer is a writer. You just have to respect the medium when you're working. And so, I mean, even having someone who is a professional editor helping you, that's a way to respect the medium. So I wouldn't worry about like say you're not a comic writer, you're a writer who's working on a comic. So then we talked about that and I said, but you, you're right, your main medium is prose. Like that is where you're fast. Her, her descriptions, that's like what kind of made me fall in love with her. Like as a writer, when we got together, mm -hmm. um, I loved her descriptions and I can't write descriptions the way she can. She goes off on these tangents and she talks about shit that if anyone else is writing this stuff, I would skip through it. I would just be like, this is crap that doesn't matter to me. I don't care. I'm going to move on. But just the way she does it, it, it all kind of flows really well and it brings you in and it, it feels important. And so I, I felt like her a comic was going to miss that. And so I did tell her, you are a prose writer, and if you have the chance, yeah, you, you certainly got to try to do that. And I think she did that by just being like, hey, why not just double up? Yeah. So, you know, talking about that, like, beautiful level of description, when, you, when you're in prose, you have the ability to sort of expand and talk about a lot of things. Um, but when you, you turned it into a comic script, did you, did you pare things down or did you like keep a lot of that? Cause you know, Noah and I have talked a lot about there's the, there's the sort of the urban legend, which I feel is pretty true that like Alan Moore would like turn over these like really detailed descriptions to, um, you know, in Watchmen and then the artist would go in and just basically highlight like two two lines of that and be like this is the thing that i need to concentrate on so like were you turning over like really detailed descriptions or are you going okay you know in the prose work i can do this but when i turn this over to the artist i basically have to concentrate on you know the people that i have here where they're at and like what they are or what they're trying to you know achieve in here like what, what was the level of like condensing that uh for for comic script um, well, I definitely had to condense it. Um, I didn't want to overwhelm the artist with uh, huge descriptions and whatnot. Um, but I just made, I, I let them know upfront, like, look, I'm, I, I am a descriptive writer. And um, 
So hopefully you understand what's going to be expected for each panel and whatnot. Um, but it may be a little bit more than what you need, mm -hmm. but I don't really know how I can tear it down much more than I already have. And I asked, I told him, I said, like, if it's, I told Dino, I said, if it's too much, just let me know. You know, mm -hmm. and I don't know if it, because English isn't his first language, I don't believe. Sure. Um, I mean, of course, he does speak English fairly well, but um, he's from the Philippines. But um, um, I just tried to make sure that I included any description. I had to stop and think, like, what, what, like, what do I need to convey to him that's going to affect how he draws that panel? Mm -hmm. uh, whether it was that make sure that there's a fa certain facial expression on a certain character, um, you know, wh where they're standing in the panel, like how they're facing each other, that kind of thing. Um, I just had to make sure that I did include that stuff. And then there was a little extra I probably didn't need to throw in there, but he didn't complain about it. So, so, so not to uh, go away from Wendy, but Chuck, I've never seen any of your scripts. I've, I've read your comics. Are you, uh, are, are you a fairly detailed? Or are you uh, a sparse writer when you, uh, you get down the comic book scripts? I, I'm actually even, like I'm sparse normally, even as a, a novelist. Mm -hmm. I like people to be able to kind of um, put their own descriptions and their own ideals of characters in there so i don't try to push too much but when i'm running for an artist i i like to go halfway and then they meet me the other half sure. the idea being my idea of a script is i need to inspire them to draw something that's way better than what's in my head yeah and so if i write too much i'm they're just going to take me word for word Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'll I'll often kind of calm down a lot and just be like you know give them an idea or a sense of what I'm looking for, and then play off of that. Now, when you're working like in comedy, you you have to you have to show a little bit more because a lot of the background is part of that comedy. Mm -hmm. So I will certainly write a little bit more, especially when I'm doing Belial. Uh, but even then, I might just be like, um, like there was a scene in issue two where I was like, hey, let, let's do a little office space thing. We'll have a guy in the background um, of this devilish um, bureaucracy in hell. And he's he's talking about his, his stapler and stuff. Mm -hmm. and we'll have some fun. And the artist, knowing that, you know, I the way I work and everything, he did that. But then he actually added devilish versions of the office characters in there too and i was like yeah okay that's that's what i want i want you to 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 see my level and take it to another level very cool so uh correct me if i'm wrong but when i looked at the kickstarter it said this is this is one of three is, is that correct yeah yeah it's going to be a three issue um story arc and we'll release the trade paperback with third issue Nice. And so, you know, we're, we're kickstarting one, um, you know, if, if, if you don't want to get to it, into it, like, what are the plans if things are going like as, you know, you know, as smooth as possible? Are you hoping to like two like comes out in four months, six months? Do you, do you have, or have you even thought that far ahead? Oh yeah. Yeah. We've thought about it. Um, my goal is to um, have issue two on Kickstarter no later the next spring 
-hmm. And the only reason I'm giving it that long really is because of my experience with the artists so far. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, hopefully everything's kind of calmed down for, for most people and they can, uh, you know, um, uh, improve their productivity a bit and whatnot. Um, because I, I know it's been really tough. Uh, if, if I can, if we can do that, then hopefully by the end of the year, like we could have it, but um, I'm, I'm not really going to push for it to be more than or earlier than next spring. Uh, issue two was a script has been done for, I don't know, a year and a half now. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, and working on, and I started three and I actually just kind of had to stop myself because it was like at that point when I started writing it, um, I only had a couple of pages of art for issue one. And I was like, I've already done two. Like, what? why am I pushing myself to have this done? Because now I'm just going to have to sit around and wait. Sure. Well, something that I've noticed too, is that like, you will go ahead and you'll write, you know, say like two, three, four, five scripts, whatever for your, for your series. And then it'll take you forever to bring those out. And so by the time you've got issue one out and you're ready to work on issue two, you've already developed yourself as a writer in such a fashion that now you can look at two and go, Actually, that that writer is not as good as me. I'm gonna go back yeah. and rework that. So I was kind of like, why don't you slow down on three? Because by the time you get to three, you're gonna be a way better writer yeah. than the person who's writing it right now. And that's not an attack, it's fact. Yeah, I can agree with that. There's there's two things that I'm I'm working on now um that are in various stages of production. And, uh, you know, they were they were written all out. But now I'm like, OK, um, let's let's fix this thing up. Let's make this a little bit more, you know, let's let's add a little yeah. intrigue here. Let's uh, let's let's tie it back to something previously and, and stuff like that. So I can agree with what you're what you're saying there. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about crowdfunding. Um, so um, we'll do a quick edit here. Um, so one of the questions I have for anybody that's in the middle of a Kickstarter um, when they're on the podcast and, you know, we had a little bit of a pre-show interview is what type of Kickstarter runner are you? Noah and myself are madmen. We will refresh the page every 30 seconds to see, to see where we are. Um, and you guys have experience. Um, Chuck has experience um, individually. And I think we all have um, experience collectively as anthology, you know, members, but this is the first time for, for you, Wendy, personally, like, um, you know, that I, I, I did Chuck give you the sort of the rundown that in, in, from your anthology experience, you know, first day rush, dead period. There's a certain number of people who wait till those last 48 hours and, 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 you know, drag on the agony. So, so are you prepared for that when, when, when you launched? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, and yeah, he did go over that stuff with me like way a while back. Um, but I mean, I've been in the background sitting here waiting, you know, watching him go through so many Kickstarters that I kind of feel like I, I already understood how it was going to work. And what, of course, I didn't know how it was, how I was going to deal with it or how it was going to make me feel or, you know, whatever it being my own, but I at least feel like I knew what to expect. So I'm not one of those though, that's there and refreshes every 30 seconds because i know that there's no point in sitting <laughs> and watching so many other kickstarters um i do wish i could check it more often but i have a full-time job and sure. I check it while i'm there um so that's a little anxiety inducing um but when i'm at home 
and, and I can be checking that. Now I do leave the tab open so I can just click on it whenever I want to and mm -hmm. see, cause it updates automatically and I'll refresh it. Um, which I think a lot of people, they know that, but they'll still refresh the page anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I leave the tab open and I'll, and I'll, you know, maybe every 10 or 15 minutes or so I'll go and, you know, check it to see if there was any change, but I kind of force myself to do that. to like to wait. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, well, yeah. Well, some of the good news here is, is that, uh, at, you know, the date of this recording, we're, we're funded. Um, you want to talk about like how many, how many days you have left and, and some of the stuff that we could possibly uh, look forward to? Yeah, sure. Um, we have 15 days left. So just over two weeks. Um, and we just had our first stretch goal. I think we went over that. Um, just our first stretch goal with the funding. Um, so we have several more stretch goals coming up. Um, now I did just hit the last backward goal that I had previous that I'd set up previous to the Kickstarter. Um, I do have another one that I have set up. Um, so we hit 150 um, that backward goal, and I have I have another one I'm set up for 175. Um, if we hit that, we still have some time left. I'll have to see if there's something else I can set up after that. Um, so yeah, we, we definitely got stretch, stretch goals coming, um, buttons, stickers, prints, um, you know, all kinds of goodies. Um, so yeah, just have to keep pushing and see how far we get. And I want to get as many of those, those goodies out to everybody as I can. It's always a, uh, a very good problem to have is to, to figure out, uh, more stretch goals, right? That's, uh, it's a, right. it's a nice thing that, uh, you, you have to figure out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, no, I think we're going to bring this to a close. Um, but I, I always check in with you for a final thought or questions before we uh, we wrap everything up. So, uh, anything for for Chuck or Wendy here? Yeah, I just hope you guys get to come back on and we get to talk about issue two or whatever else comes up. Because I was uh, as I'm looking through the the Kickstarter, I do think that there's a lot uh, still. We I'd love to hear from you guys to talk about you know goal playing um role playing games all that and how that sort of went into the creative process obviously people can read about that on the kickstarter page i recommend they do so because it is really cool that you guys have that on there that's i actually i really appreciate that about your kickstarter page that you have background baked into it about like your inspirations and everything so i really i, I hope this this i'm really happy that this is funded and i keep i hope that it like makes twice your goal because it, it looks like a really cool book Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So it was funny. Sorry, it was funny, Noah. When she was making the Kickstarter, she very much like focused on the comic and focused on what needed to do to be done and whatnot. And I said, you don't understand. Like a Kickstarter is different than just selling a book. You're selling you as well. Mm -hmm. And it's really important that people know your story and why you're important. And Wendy is such a beautifully humble person she really is the exact opposite <laughs> and so because i'm great and um, she so you know she didn't immediately go to that and i was like no no no. you really need to go into the story of why this matters why what you're doing matters and all that kind of stuff people actually care about that on this platform and that that matters sure and so i'm it means a lot to me that you mentioned that because then i get to be like told you yeah, you just stroke his ego. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> hey, uh, that's what I do best. I hear. So that's great. There we go. 
no, really, thank you guys for coming on. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys do in the future. I'm looking forward to reading the book. It, it looks amazing. So um, before we go to Wendy for the, for the wrap up, um, Chuck, while we have you here, is there anything um, coming down the, you know, coming down from you that we should be looking out for? An awful lot. Okay. Um, there, there's always editor. I mean, right now I still have a couple books on Kickstarter, but I don't even know if they will be by the time that it's goes to air, but still, yeah, there's lots of stuff happening. Um, I'd love for you guys to watch for a book called Warland that is from Omni Compan, OK Computers, or o OK Comics. Yes, the Radiohead Comics. Yeah, I was, I was very excited there for a second. Right? <laughs> OK Comics. And it's just it's something that we're working on together. I'm just the editor of it, but he's allowed me to play a lot in that world. And actually, I'm, I'm writing it short it as well and it's just a, a brilliant like what do I, I i basically my pitch for it is like the dark knight rising or the dark knight rises meets like karate kid and people will make fun of that but it's really badass so i'm excited about that and then in in august we have belial coming out belial three uh, Belial is the original creator of Hell, trying to take his domain back from Lucifer and the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. It's basically an Adult Swim-style comedy. And then we have our audio drama podcast, um, Children of the Essence. Season four is coming out in October, and that will be the second half of what will be the second book. Very cool. Um, I'm excited. Um, I've, I have issues one and two of Belial, so uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for three. So um, that, that's you. very cool. Um, so Wendy, um, let's do this as we wrap up. Let's, um, you know, you gave us an elevator pitch. If you want to talk a little bit more in depth about this this book and why it's so incredible and why people should check it out. Um, and also tell them like where the best place is on social media to, to go to, to follow the, the project. Um, let's do this as we wrap up. Okay. Um, well, so there's, like you mentioned before, this is book one of three. So um, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a very interesting jumping on point for a series that's going to span a, hopefully a very long period of time. Um, that it's a story based on something that Chuck and I were very passionate about. Um, and when we early on in our writing careers, basically. Um, and we've got so many different character stories to tell. We've got the story for this entire world that we built um, to tell with those characters um, interacting within it and with each other. Um, we have a very unique magic system that we created for the game that this came from um, that I think a lot of people will find very interesting. Um, that's coming down the road. Um, for this initial series, I think it gives the reader um, a good idea of what to look forward to as these stories progress and we introduce more and more and more characters. Um, gives you a little bit of sense of the world. And I, I really do feel like you can you can sense the 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 passion and the and the the um the work that we've put into 
creating this world that we did. Um, and I, I really think that people are gonna really, really enjoy it. Um, yeah, and it's really funny. I told Chuck one time, I said, I really hope that when they read the end of the first issue that I get messages um, that say, man, I really hate you. <laughs> because I'd be like, good, then I did my job. Um, it, it, it's got a little bit of a, a mean ending. Um, so I'm gonna try to get issue two out as quick as I can. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I, it's a really fun, um, passionate uh, fantasy uh, story that is gonna lead to so, so much more. Um, and if you wanna follow along with what's going on with that, you can find me on Facebook, Wendy Gale. Um, and you can also find mine and Chuck's stuff at uh, Bonfire Press on Facebook. Very cool. Uh, Chuck, do you wanna, do you wanna shout out uh, your social media? Uh, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, you can find me, Chuck Pino, P-I-N, on Facebook. You can find me on the same thing on Instagram. Twitter is at Chucky Pin. And then I do a weekly uh, talk show where I interview amazing creators like yourselves. And we talk about the creative process and all that kind of stuff. And by the way, guys, anytime you guys want to come on, you have you have an open invitation. Love to have you. We appreciate it. That's called check. Um, it's called checks while we use Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a viewer of those, so I'm, I'm well aware. <laughs> so most importantly, in the show notes of this podcast, there's going to be a link to the, the Kickstarter page. We're going to have roughly mm -hmm. about two weeks to go. So, um, yeah. you know, you have a little bit of time to check it out, but time is of the essence. Let's let, let's check it out sooner rather than later. Um, and, and, you know, push those numbers up. Um, I'm going to link everybody's social media. Um, and I'm just going to drop a little hint here. I think possibly in the future, we're all going to get together to talk about a, an elder God and a, and a boy who doesn't want uh, children to grow up. So uh, that's that's a little hint for, for everybody there. Um, so the, all that stuff is going to be in the, uh, the show notes. Um, in addition to that stuff, there's going to be a Kickstarter link for Superior Sam, Everybody Needs a Home. Um, that's a book that Noah and I are taking the Kickstarter on July 1st. Um, Noah is lettering that book and I'm help publishing it. So it's an all ages book, um, you know, with a story for, for children. Um, so there's going to be a Kickstarter link there. If you give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter and that is at ConstructComPod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Just once again, I want to thank everybody for listening. Please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you. <laughs>